All right. Welcome. Welcome to Know Your Roles, the podcast where we find all those unexpected connections across everything entertainment. We talk music, literature, sports, television, and more. We make silly comparisons and talk to a lot of interesting people in the process. I'm one of your hosts, Dave Kleinman, and this is my co-host, Mr. George Payton, Gordon Lightfoot III. Take it away, George. Dave, these get these keep getting better every week. So I, I love any opportunity to have Gordon Lightfoot in there, as whenever my name gets mentioned. So thank you, Dave. We got a cool one this week. This week we've got singer songwriter and just an insanely like nerdy, awesome, great guitar player, Tash Neal. And we're gonna be talking about guitar solos and theme park rides. Listening to him talk about about music was kind of amazing. So I'm looking forward to the audience hearing that. But before we get to all that, how are you? I'm doing all right, George. Reorganized my my office in the last uh, couple of days. Although to be fair, like I I'm not fully done. <laughs> you can't see it, uh, and also it doesn't look different uh, to you because everything is is uh, away from camera view anyway. But uh, yeah, so I I did it. Like it, it's great. It's nice. It feels clean. But uh, I really just did it so now that I don't have any excuse. Uh, to getting work done in the office uh, for the next week or so, because I literally moved every single thing around. So like, you know, that's like, that's how you, that's how I, that's how I work. I, I don't know if uh, other people are like that. I, I'm hoping that they are, but uh, yeah, you kind of try to find any excuse to not do what you actually need to do. So I did that and I ran through them. So doing great positive about this next week ahead <laughs> george how uh how are you doing man i'm doing pretty well aside from having a crazy uh bar shift last night eating some very hot food and burning my throat i had probably one of the greatest nights of my life several days before that so it was sort of a balance in the universe it was like you take the good with the bad and uh sunday i went to go see uh one of my favorite bands of all time which is big star uh, anybody knows me knows that i have a big big star tattoo on my arm and it's the surviving members of Big Star, so it's just Jody Stevens. But it's like he's got like a Jody Stevens comes out and plays. But he's got all these hired guns playing, and this is at St. Anne Church over on Montague. So it's Ira Kaplan from Yola Tango, and uh, this artist who I didn't know, but I thoroughly enjoyed her singing, which is a uh, Skylar Gudis, uh, Brett Harris, and the the DBs Chris Stamey. So uh, I got to see that and to see these uh, these all these songs that I've that I've lo- loved forever. And uh, my friend went to this bar afterwards, and uh, there's like several like, the guys in the band came in, and one of them just happened to be Mike Mills, who's the bass player of one of my favorite bands, which is REM. Other than that, that night at the show, they played uh, Don't Go Back to Rockville, which is one of my favorite REM songs. And I got to talk to Mike Mills for like five minutes, and uh, it was funny because like I'm talking to him. And uh, I, for me, like whenever I meet anybody I, that I love, I try to keep it short, try to keep it moving. But he was like, oh, no, it's like, George, you remember my name? Uh, I told him this story. It was like, oh, that's a great story. And then later on that evening, Patterson Hood from Drive-By Trucker, another band that, I, that I've loved over the years, came by because him and Mike Mills are friends. They, uh, Patterson lives in Athens, which is where Mike Mills, I believe, lives. Got to talk to him for a bit, and I told him this amazing story. Uh, it was like, hey, I'm about to leave. I uh, didn't want to interrupt you. Uh, I'm a big fan of your band. I saw your band play at the New Daisy Theater in Memphis, Tennessee in 2000. And you said on stage, it was like, hey, this is crazy to be here. It was like a couple of years ago, I used to run the door here. So it's amazing I'm playing on a stage here. 
And I told him that story. He was like, you were at that show? I did used to run the door there in the 90s. What's your name? He's like, oh, my name is George. He's like, good talking to you, man. I was like, it was good talking to you. Just left. So <laughs> that past Sunday was one of, one of, the, one of, the, one of the best, night, best, best nights of my life. So pretty great. <laughs> Congratulations on killing all of those social interactions with like people that you idolize. Yeah, I love, love Mike Mills. Love, love, love Mike Mills. Those could go either way. Um, I actually, I have also met Mike Mills as well. And uh, he's extremely nice. Extremely nice. So nice. It was fucked up. I was like, you don't have to be this nice. It's fine. <laughs> the, R- the REM guys, they're not not so bad. Very nice guys. Kind of great. Sounds awesome. St. Anne's also like super cool venue to see that in. I bet it right. super cool. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Well, George, what do you say we go to the bar? Let's open this bar. Today on Bar Talk, what are we going to be talking about is TV food personalities 2021 Radiohead's Kid A Nisia exhibition. <laughs> we'll get into a little bit about that. November 18th. And finally, we shout out a real one, and that's remembering Dean Stockwell, who passed away this week. So let's talk about the TV food personalities 2021. I have been saying this for, for a little bit now. It's like, you don't replace uh Bourdain, but there is a void that needs to be filled in this uh food personalities that we have and you have watched some of david chang's show and some of padma's show and i think it's one of them if not both what are your thoughts on the tv those two tv shows because i have not watched them i watched the season i watched last season for both of them um well i've i've talked about on this show i think we both have about padma's show and how good she is and how she really does a great job of filling in context and and like educating people and kind of like bridging gaps and also like learning things herself and i did watch a couple of the the new seasons the holiday edition it's very very cool very interesting the first one's about hanukkah uh which if you look at my last name you might know that i probably know a little bit about so i didn't that one wasn't uh you know as revelatory but like the second one's about thanksgiving and it was she spent she did an entire hour of television about thanksgiving and did not talk to a single white person she only talked to indigenous people about the the, the struggle of indigenous people and how you know we've been sold a story that's not true and and how indigenous people are still alive and well, and they need to be supported. And, you know, um, so that is awesome. And I think that she is kind of like filling, you know, I mean, like you said, you can't replace any, anyone. And, and Bourdain kind of like started a mode of like food television that wasn't like super around as when he started it, that's now kind of like more prevalent, but she's doing a really good job. David Chang, his new show, I'm, it's escaping me what it's called right now. Um, it's called, it's like the next big idea or something. And I don't always like him. He kind of grates on me as personality. Although as he's gotten older and like he has a child now, and like, I, I do think he's kind of like more relatable and, and um, a little more likable. Oh, thank you very much. Mary best. It's called the next thing you eat. And the first one is about uh, automation and like how it's, doing some good, but it's also very scary of like, you know, getting rid of people's jobs and making everything into robots and delivering your food, making your food. It's very interesting. Just last to finish this up. I just want to share. I saw the Anthony Bourdain movie that David Chang is one of the talking heads. And it actually kind of went away to changing my opinion about 
David Chang and about Anthony Bourdain in like different ways, because I had always kind of liked Anthony Bourdain, but towards the end of his life, he kind of got, he was kind of like nasty to people. And, and David Chang tells a story and he has tears in his eyes when he tells it. And it, it was really emotional about, uh, he had a, a chat with Bourdain and they were like good friends, close friends. And Bourdain said something to him, like, you are not going to be a good father. Like you'll never be a great father. And, and like, it crushed him. And, and like, even just saying that I felt for him and, and it was really emotional for Chang when he was like telling that story. And, uh, you know, I kind of like, there was an access to him that I, I hadn't felt before that I kind of felt for and, and Bourdain, you know, like I said, it was towards the end of his life and, and clearly he was having a lot of problems and, and not being able to kind of like handle his, his mental state. But uh, yeah, man, that was, uh, that was rough. So I, I do think that to your point, like there is uh, some, some really exciting like food television going on and, and school, anything uh, you want to share from, from that? No, quickly, because I want to move on to the next thing. But like, uh, I am also was kind of Adam Chang for a little bit or David Chang for a bit. Um, uh, and then I realized the reason why that he got on my nerves is because everything I hate about myself is like looking right back at me, which is DC server pretentious asshole, which is totally makes sense. <laughs> so now I know now I recognize the problem. And I can appreciate him now. So which 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 I enjoy. So yeah, he's from Northern Virginia. And we have we 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 have a thing. George, you're way too hard <laughs> on yourself. You're not a pretentious asshole. We we have a thing. We our, our thing is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah I understand. Yeah, yeah. I better trust me. I I know pretentious assholes. <laughs> uh, myself. Um, but uh, you're not one. You're fine. You're good. <laughs> you're nothing like David Jake, except for the Northern Virginia part. Um, I, I, all right. Uh, what do you what What's next? What are we moving on to? Uh, Radiohead's kid a. Nesia. Now, I have looked into buying this record. Unfortunately, I already have Kid A on vinyl. So there's a part of me. This is my favorite run of Radiohead records to begin with anyway. So, okay. Kid A, Amnesia, and Inhale to the Thief are pretty much my favorite like era of Radiohead. I, 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 like, I keep getting updates. It's like it's, The internet is trying to tell me. It's like, you need to buy this fucking vinyl. Uh, how much was it? Uh, because I think I saw it for like 80 bucks. I think it was like a hundred bucks or something. Cause I looked in, I looked at it. I think so. I think it was close to triple digits, if not into it. Cause I, it was enough for me to be like, Ooh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I think the only thing that turns me off is the fact that it is, it is, uh, I already own the other two, the, those two records on vinyl separately. And be buying it, I'd be waste of money, which, which means I'll probably end up getting it. <laughs> but we're talking about the exhibition, which is November 18th. Yeah, I had the same. I, I also have. So what it is for people that don't know is it's uh, the radio had two albums from like, I guess, the 2000s uh, or like late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, Kid A and Amnesiac. They released an album that is basically outtakes and B-sides from and like different versions of things from that time period. And yeah, like you said, George, those two albums in that time period are so fucking awesome in Radiohead's like trajectory. They were really like branching out of their like indie rock zone and like doing their own really weird, interesting electronic thing. I'm very excited about that. And that, so the exhibition that you're talking about also looks really interesting. It was something that apparently they planned to have like a physical exhibition that was going to be traveling. It was going to start in London and 
it's like featuring Tom York's artwork and like all these soundscapes and shit. And because of COVID, they actually moved it to like a virtual thing. But before we got on this call, George like sent out the trailer for it and I just watched it and I felt like I was having an acid trip. Like I felt like I was having <laughs> like a mushroom trip or something, like a, like a psychedelic trip because it was fucking insane. So yeah, I think that'll be cool and interesting. Kid A amnesia exhibition. Yeah, say that to your say that to yourself three times fast. <laughs> yeah, I, I won't. Uh, And finally on tap, uh, we lost a real one this past weekend. We lost Dean Stockwell. Um, um, Dean Stockwell is basically like that guy. We we were just talking about how many many things he's been in. There's over 200 things. But he will be remembered for me forever and ever from Quantum Leap, which I think is one of the best shows of the 80s. And one of the villains in Beverly Hills Cop 2, which I watched the other day. So what are your thoughts on, on Dean Stockwell? We want to send him out in the world. Awesome. Well, I don't have like, uh, I, I like to like read stories from people or, or something like that, but I don't have any of that, but like some of the movies that like his legacy, we were talking about, uh, this, um, he has over 200 credits and he just worked forever. And like you said, he's a, that guy. And some of the, the credits are just really, he was just really in some great stuff. I mean, Paris, Texas and blue velvet and, uh, the the David Lynch Dune movie. He worked with David Lynch a lot. He was in Twin mm-hmm. Peaks. Um, yeah, man. He's in Married to the Mob. Married to the Mob. Great movie. Love that movie. Yeah, that's an underrated movie. It, it kind of is. Yeah. He, he the werewolf of Washington. Yes, he totally is in that. <laughs> On a recent screening of Hoff's Horror Fest from the last year. Uh, so that I think that was probably my most recent. Uh, viewing of Dean Stockwell, aside from just occasional Battlestar Galactica viewings, but um, yeah, if you've never seen Werewolf of Washington, it's it's ridiculous and silly, um, and so much fun, and he's great in it. <laughs> so <laughs> I recommend it highly. Yeah, no, if you like, if if you drop it, like he's like, oh my gosh, this guy is in everything. Uh, not all of it great, but it's all a lot of it's a lot of fun. So no, but he. He was working, you know what I mean? Yeah, like absolutely. he was working. And the legend of Billy Jean, he's in that. I love that movie. To live and die in LA, he's in that. That would be so good. <laughs> some some great credits too. You know, it's like it's all it's all part of the career, you know? And and that's like I said, over two hundred credits. So yeah, rest in peace, rest in power, Dean Stockwell. Absolutely. Be well. All right, Dave, let's get to this week's guests and game. Let's go talk to Tash. Here we go. You're already like exceeding my expectations because of your awesome like guitar wall right behind you. Um, you know, so we we definitely know oh. like you're fully legit. <laughs> well, listen, I th- shout out to um we had a person come and like hang these, but yeah, shout out to my Beyonce for the vision, but it's nice. It's inspiring because I'm like, oh yeah, like you do that. Like you should get, yeah. you should do that <laughs> again. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's better better than it's sitting in a case in in a closet somewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not gonna Listen, you're not gonna pick it up that way. I feel super guilty about stuff in storage. You know what I mean? Like I never yeah. wanted, you know, never wanted that to be the case. So yeah. I gotta use it so, all. You know. So. uh Mary Beth and Dave, uh, Tash and I, we met at a wedding 
in uh, yes. Chautauqua. That seems like right. a billion years ago. Was that June of this past year? Jeez. Um, it was like a couple of months. Wait, was it? I feel like it was more recent than that. Or was I don't it know. Less recent than that. Was it in June? I, I think it was my first time out of New York. And uh, the first thing I want to tell, ask you and talk to you about is like your 2021, because in this past year, you've gotten engaged. Shout out to, shout out to my buddy, Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Congratulations. Yeah. Shout out to Chelsea. Yeah, my fiance was going to say, shout out to my fiance for the vision um, for the wall. Like she, you know, obviously keeps me inspired in all of the ways. But um, yeah, she's, you know, the best. I'm really excited. We're getting married, you know, next year. So it's exciting. Hell yeah. You've got September, you had a bit too much to single. And in March, you had uh, charges of the game. So your year has been kind of tight. So tell, tell us yeah. about 2021, man. I mean, um yeah it's been amazing i uh you know 2020 was kind of obviously wild for everybody and um but i had a little glimmer of hope because i knew that this album was going to come out so i was like really excited about that and um after like feeling like it was never going to come out and the album was super meaningful to me because of you know what i'd gone through you know to write all the songs on it and um what they're about and what they represent to me. Um, so when in 2020 I signed with the label Black Hill Records and we had a you know solid plan to put the album out, I, you know, I was like, awesome. You know, there's some light at the end of this pandemic um, situation. And, uh, you know, we had the release date in 2021 and it was, it was really dope. You know, it was really exciting to, um, to finally have people hear it and, you know, get a couple of music videos that we shot out. And, um, you know, and, and, you know, having sat on this for a while, um, you know, I felt like I was proud of it and, but having no sort of feedback from anybody was rough, you know, cause you're in that sort of, um, you know, chamber of yourself. So, and then you just never listen to it cause you don't want to be in that, you know, self chamber. Um, so yeah, what a relief to have it out, and people are like, "Oh, this is you know, this is okay," and uh, so yeah, it was a beautiful relief. And then obviously, you know, getting engaged, meeting the love of my life, and all that, and like coming together because a lot of you know a lot of people were driven apart mm-hmm. in the pandemic, so to really like like flourish and come together is a wild, is a wild, beautiful thing. So it was like it's great. Yeah, it's kind of the extremes, right? Like you either like got forged through the fire or you had to call it, you know, what I mean? like it. Didn't yeah, work. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know people. That, yeah, you know, yeah. That, I mean, my fiance and I going strong, uh, but at the very beginning, like we said to each other, we we're like, oh, who is going to break up from this? <laughs> we are who who is going to be stuck in their house with somebody and be like, oh, yeah, this isn't going to work. You know, it's bound to happen. Yeah. So it's and um, so. Yeah, you even congratulations to you as well. Thank you. Um, it was, it's been a while since because of the pandemic, but <laughs> no, but yeah, but you know, love, love is a beautiful thing, and uh, <laughs> yes. you know, keeps us all going strong. You know, definitely, that hope. definitely. Uh, you know, um, you were talking a little bit about uh, the album "Charge It to the Game," and like we were saying, we've all listened to it, really digging it. It's clearly you, you mentioned it a little bit, but it it's clearly very personal. Um, 
there's a lot of different, uh, you know, hard themes that you're talking about. And, and right. it's clearly a play, place of expression. I, I'm curious to know if how much of it came from like what we experienced in 2020 and like a need to be like, I need to use my voice to say these things. Or like, this is like, you really want, you've been wanting to make this kind of a piece, um, you know, that comes from, from a place internally long before that. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a combination of the two things. Because to your early point about extremes, 2020 was such an extreme year and a lot of extreme things happened. Um, but specifically, um, the protests all around the world, the global protests, I want to I wanna, um, emphasize that. Because I never thought I'd see, you know, Black Lives Matter protests in Korea. You know what I mean? Like, that's some wild, you know, that means things are really serious. Yeah. Um, but there was also... I, before 2020, I'd been wanting to put this album out. And things had happened before that, where, you know, there's this one song called Something Ain't Right um, that I'd written before when um, Philando Castillo had been murdered uh, by the state on camera. And there was a kid in the car, and I was just like, this is, this is, too, this is too much. And then the same week, I think, uh, what was it? Harambe, the, uh, the gorilla happened. Yes. Or something happened to that effect where it was Harambe and then killing. And I was like, this is just. This it, is yes, just. it was because the, people cared more about Harambe than. Yeah, that 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 exact part right there. So yeah. I, and that was really stark to me. And I never forgot that. So when 2020 happened, um, I was speaking to my brother. Shout out to Sean Neal, who is also a manager of the London Souls. And we worked together. And he's a great artist, visual artist, and um, has a great eye. So we wanted to put this video together because we were like, if not now, then when are we going to do this? And that sort of really was the catalyst to then, you know, find the label and then put the whole album out. So without that spark, you know, pushed by anger, really, and being upset by everything and wanting to kind of express just very verbatim visually what we wanted to do. Like I really wanted to have like, you know, very hard to look at images from um, history that people, and really zoom in on some things that people forget about. Um, people, you know, things are very current. People want to pretend a lot of things are in the past when really they're with us presently. Um, but yeah, sorry, I could go on and on, but yeah, that sparked the whole thing. And then the album came out. No, but you definitely get that from not only the song, but also the video as well, because, you know, I, I asked you if it came out of 2020, but it, it's clear that like, I mean, that song, it's, it sucks to say this, but like, it's, it's applicable to any time in this country's history. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and like you said, like that stuff still matters. So yeah, I think that definitely comes through. It's very, it's very powerful. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I was, I was glad that we got the video, the video I felt like was, the impetus for me to really want to put the rest of the stuff out. But a lot of it, the other stuff was about, which, you know, is life and death. But me, it was about a car accident um, and my experience with, um, you know, coming so close to death and kind of experiencing that. So I kind of had a perspective on all that from a lot of different sides at one time. And that's kind of the whole, the whole album, you know. One of the things that uh, we, we do here at the Know Your Rose podcast is we do a ton of research. Either we read 
our, our, our guest books and we listen to records like you. Uh, one of the things I did today was actually look through your playlists. And uh, it's it's like everybody from like Sam Cooke to Kendrick to the Beatles to Zeppelin. Uh, you seem to have like love all, all kinds of music, just like uh, Dave and myself as well. Is there a genre that you gravitate to more than another, or do you have like a wheelhouse that you're really into? Wow. Um, no, I mean, I I think I would I would be like songs mm-hmm. more than like a genre. So like if I wanna. And really more like feelings, you know, if I want to get inspired a certain way, like if I want to feel inspired vocally, I might go to Sam Cooke and Aretha Mm -hmm. immediately. If I'm thinking, and it's about guitar playing, if I want to kind of be more direct, I'll listen to Neil Young solos. Um, If I want to slow it down, be more melodic, I'll listen to David Gilmore from Pink Floyd. You know, so many great guitar players. but um, songwriting, if I'm thinking about arrange, arrangement, the Beatles, um, you know, their whole catalog, really. I mean, I'm, I'm a big, big fan of, of them. So, yeah, it's all over the place. But I have my parents to thank for that. Um, you know, when I, they're both Howard graduates. My mother was a classical piano prodigy. And my father played 27 instruments. So he was, and he was from Detroit and like knew all the Motown cats in the beginning and was on one of my favorite records. And I had no idea. I'd like found this record later in life. and was like, oh man, this record's great. And he's like, yeah, you, you, that's, I'm on that. That's, that's me. I'm like, so what? You didn't tell me this? It's like, I, I'm sure I did tell you this. I'm like, all right, sorry, dad. You know, I don't, you know, I'm a kid. I don't know. Um, but yeah, he was, he was brilliant. Um, but yeah, I started on classical music, really. So that was super influential to me in terms of writing and kind of mathematically puzzling things because I do theory and all that. And um, I have to listen to fugues and different things um, and play them. But no, I mean, I, I'll, you know what? I'll listen to It's a Shame. Um, the song It's a Shame, um, it's a kind of, got the Motown backing, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, the spinners, by the Spinners. And um, that's a tune that just gets me, if I like want to feel a record, like a great just record. Um, but genre, nah, nah. Unless it's like reggae, but even that, there's great song. Like that's about song craft too, you know? Better there's some reggae songs that are better than other reggae songs singing that spinner song song in my head right now right um, no, no copyright no copyright you know. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um, but but uh that's interesting because i like listening to your music uh i kind of hear a lot of those different things in it um there's a lot of like jazz and funk and soul but there's also like brit pop influences oh, and yeah. like beatles and so like when you're putting together a project are you thinking about it in those kind of terms? Like, are you like, oh, this is going to be my more like funkier song or you're just kind of like building the song and it just, it takes on whatever form it takes on. The second part, the latter part, where it's, it's because if I force it, it'll feel forced. I feel it. And um, my favorite quote is the Neil Young quote. Like when he's like, oh, like break down the word musician and it's to be inspired by the muse. So like, for instance, like I could take, 
you know, the red guitar there and play A, G, and D and say, you know, my baby loves me, but sometimes she hates me, you know, and then do that for a couple of verses and do a chorus. But that's not coming from a place of inspiration. It could get there, but I feel like you, you kind of have to be sincere and authentic when you pick up the instrument and like let it happen. And that's like the best, that'll be the best stuff. And even, and don't force it. Like I've had songs that I'll have a, I like, I know I've got the song. I know I've got the melody, but I've got nothing to say. And there's no lyrics. And then months later, all the lyrics come at one time. And it's like, wow, great. You know? Yeah. I'm glad I didn't force it and say, my baby loves me. My baby hates me. You know? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so that's, that sells. Sometimes that sells. It does work. I like was it. like, I'm sleeping on my yeah. baby loves me, my baby hates yeah. me. I'm gonna, that's going to be the yeah, next I mean, song, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. So that's wild to, to hear about your parents. Uh, I am from D.C. So okay. uh, I, I, love, I, love, I love Howard grads. Um, uh, you play with the likes of The Who and Gary Clark Jr. and Susan Desky and Derek Trucks, uh, just to name a few. It's like, what are the things that you've learned just from the people that you've just worked with? Oh man, so much like stagecraft, um, how longevity, um, but specifically, I mean, those are all really great people, you know, like I've been really mm -hmm. fortunate. Like those are all like, you know, I'm lucky enough that like I see them and like, you know, we love each other and we have a relationship, but in real, you know, reality, when I was younger, I was looking up to them, you know, like I used to go see shows that, you know, the Beacon, the Allman Brothers, because I was a guitar player and I wanted to see, um, you know, a little bit more soulful guitar playing than what I was seeing, you know, in guitar magazines at the time or on television, on music television at the time, a more expressive sort of playing, because I knew it existed. I'd heard it and people called it old music, but I knew whatever, it's a Sly Stone quote, if it was good in the past, it is still good. Um, and so, yeah, so, uh, I, I always take that to heart and, um, yeah. You mentioned, uh, some of your influence and, and you mentioned a lot of the guitar players, but who are some of like your guitar gods from like an early age that you were like, Oh, that's what I want to do. You are. I can, I mean, the, to, what's wild is I consider myself really lucky like in terms of when we grew up, we had access to VHS and, and footage. Whereas if you were, you know, going to see Zeppelin live in 73 and you're in the nosebleeds, you can't really see what Jimmy Page is playing. You, know, you can hear it, but you can't really see how he's forming the chords or how he's playing cashmere. And, you know, cause this is specific stuff, you know? So when, you know, what I'm coming up and I'm learning, I've got access to Stevie Ray Vaughan DVDs and, and uh, you know, the song remains the same, the Zeppelin concert at the Madison Square Garden or um, Hendrix DVDs, uh, for instance. Um, but yeah, I mean, those, those were really, speaking of guitar gods, yeah, I mean, those were people that I was like, you have to, like, if I can't get what's going on, that I'm, I might as well hang it up. So I would spend a lot of my time, I mean, really hours and hours and hours. And God, play, God bless my parents for not kicking me out of the house. I, like, I would have kicked me out of the house. <laughs> like, that, shit, that shit is annoying. Um, so God bless them. I was really lucky. 
and they, but they would have supported me. But if I sucked, they would have said so. Mind you, you know, my mother's from Virginia. She's a Southern gal. My father's from Detroit. You know, they didn't really mince words. Um, and it was the family honor. So you better be good if you're going to represent us, mm-hmm. you know? So that was the whole thing. So I always, I always took it seriously, you know? So the question I have next is, uh, I was when Dave and I and Mary Beth were doing the prep work, it was like, uh, it was like, oh, well, I want to ask to test this, but now that we've been talking, it was like, Oh, I'm going to add, I'm going to add layers this question all right so uh one of the questions that i have is like who was on the wish list of people you want to collaborate with and now the layers i'm going to add is like wish list dead or alive collaboration time frame let's go <laughs> what <laughs> dead or alive yeah dead or alive so and dead dead is included that is included whoa oh man this really changes everything <laughs> um okay yeah, I got to start with my dead peoples because that's really going to be the toughest. A thousand percent. I mean, I would, you know, definitely. Um, oh, this is going to be kind of a deep cut. I mean, okay, well, Louis Armstrong. First, that's number one. I mean, just speaking of a vocalist, I mean, that's pure. I would just love to be around him making music. I would, I would prefer the prime, maybe 1920s, maybe 30s, if I have a preference, if I can have a preference. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Sure. That is allowed. <laughs> um, and ooh, this is fun. I love this. Um, wow. Ooh. I don't want to be too guitar specific, but Django Reinhardt, the French guitar player but he had two fingers he only had two fingers because he had an accent which was incredible i guess i um, forgot that he only had two fingers <laughs> that's insane two fingers it's insane it is especially insane. because he was like a fast like plucker that's like, what he's known for that's crazy that's insane right it's yeah. like he's super fast yeah. and people don't yeah he's just two fingers so that's i just want to i mean just oh brilliance um how many people did they even get a Choice of how many people it doesn't matter. We could just let you go. Yeah, <laughs> no, we could do this all day. Listen, I could do this all day. You guys, no, listen, I don't want to do this to everybody. Okay. I'll do one. I'll do one more. Um, I'll do one more. And it's it's gotta be the queen. It's gotta be Aretha, man. Good choice. Now that's that's just dead. Yeah. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna move to a life. Shaka Khan. Okay. Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan. <laughs> And uh, and that's it. I'll stop. I'll stop there. <laughs> I feel like Shaka Khan is enough. Uh, she 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 destroys everybody else anyway. So you don't need once you do she's work so with good. Shaka, you know <laughs> she's the best. If you're listening, she's the best Shaka Khan. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, we we lost Charlie Watts. So uh, I guess uh, about a month ago, and uh, November 18th, the City yeah. Winery, you're going to be doing a Charlie Watts tribute show. What is the Stone song do you have picked out to play? Oh, wow. That's like, I don't know if I can say. I think this might be top secret information because, you know. Um, but <laughs> I, but um, I'm, I'm feeling hopeful about Can't You Hear Me Knocking? I'm about to rocker. Okay. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Charlie Watts, um, one of my favorite drummers of all time. I, you know, drums was my first instrument. So 
that like, you know, my first lesson was at three. I was too young because I wanted to play the whole kit and they was trying to just teach me, you know, the snare. And I was like, nah, man, we're doing all this. <laughs> um, and my mother was like, you know what? Let's just, we're going to take you. And so we left. Um, but yeah, and then I continued with it um, and then picked up the guitar. But Charlie Watts, the thing with him was he would, whenever he played the snare, he wouldn't play the hi-hat. So, you know, he would always like, but it made it really funky, mm-hmm. you know, in its own way. So I, I, it's, yeah, he's brilliant. So I'm excited to um, to play those tunes. I, I really, the Stones is a big, is a big thing for me as well. Like if I had a big moment, um, I got to say why I feel like I really got them. And I don't mean this as like a flex, but it's the truth. Um, was in the London Souls. We were in Thailand, okay? And we were with Dan Dash. And it was his idea to put on um, live. It was the Stones, Get Your Yaya's Out. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. It was um, Ladies and Gentlemen, The Rolling Stones, that, that movie. So we're watching it. And I was like, this is really the guitar tone. I was like, I re- it really made sense to me after watching that. Um, that concert, you know, I loved them before and I, you know, I knew the licks and I knew the songs, but like the live show, I was like, oh, they're, and Charlie, woo, live, woo, man. Um, Listen, and the joints didn't hurt. No, I'm kidding. That's a joke. That's a joke. Sure. I mean, I I would have been smoking a joint. Actually, that sounds incredible to be with y'all in that room with Dame Dash listening to the Rolling Stones (laughs) smoking a joint, so. Well, the funny thing, it was his idea yes. to put on the stones. I was like, that's a great idea. I'm not surprising, but awesome. So funny. Yeah, it's great. He's an interesting cat. I bet. Um, yeah. I'd love to talk a little bit more about uh, the London Souls. You you mentioned that, and that, so that, that was you in a duo, correct? Right. Yeah. And it used to be, you know, trio, it was like four piece, but really it was a duo the whole time. We kind of wrote everything and arranged everything together um, and had done all the singing and all that stuff. And that stuff seems like that is a little bit more influenced by like things like the Rolling Stone. I mean, it all is, but that sounded a little bit more like, oh, you know, yeah. rip pop and, and stuff to me. And is that like, how did that project come about? Um, Really just um, being young and I was just lucky, honestly. Like I had a specific group of friends and we happened to be the same age, around the same age. And they were really, really talented. Like, and they knew other talented kids and and we happened to like the same kind of music and they would turn me on to specific music and I'd turn them on to certain slice stones that they hadn't heard. And they'd turn me on to, you know, Black Sabbath stuff that I hadn't heard and that, those were so, and those were our formative years, you know, when you're in your teens and you're on the floor at three in the morning, you know, after a late night and someone puts the record on, you're like, whoa, man, this is awesome. You know, it's great. It's all awesome. You know, you hear, uh, you know, Stevie Wonder's, um, you know, cover of uh, the Beatles for the first time. Um, we can work it out, you know, and that kind of soul, um, you know, all of that, all those moments forge you um but rock was the thing at the time it was like there were no uh really 
you know, rock, you know, guitar bands like that, that were really, you know, doing the thing. You know, there were, some, there were bands that had guitars. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, they weren't, you know, doing the thing. So we were like, let's, let's do the thing. Yeah. And that was how that came about. And then we put the songs together. We had songs and we're learning about songwriting together and, and just evolved over and kept evolving. Awesome. Is that something that like you then going solo was like always kind of in the trajectory or you were just like, I'm going to do my own thing now or, or how, like, you know, is that, is that something you seem to be someone who works on a lot of different projects? No. Yeah, no, I do. It's wild because I was, and it's kind of fortunate in the timing, you know, timing works as a musician timing. Um, but, uh, it, it was fortuitous, um, you know, when the soul stopped kind of on, were being on the road, it, you know, and we weren't, if I was the kind of cat to be like, hey, man, you know, I'm going to go solo, we wouldn't have been in a band in the first place, you know, that's not a thing anybody was thinking about ever, so that was never a thing, but the nature of the music, because it was so personal and about you know, literally some of it is about me being in a coma and coming out of it. And, and, and it's, it's so tailored to, you know, the experience that I, that I had that it made sense for it to be, you know, these songs to be a reflection of myself as opposed to speaking for other folks. So that kind of just made sense f- for this album. Um, but it's been fun, you know, I get to do stuff with, like, I get to work with Dame Dash, like, in L.A., and we do stuff like the Black Guns, and I'm in a lot of wild situations um, with artists that I love. Like, I get to play with Tretch one night, you know, and Jim Jones another night, you know, I've been on stage. So it's like, you know, I go from that to playing with the, to the you know, Tedeschi Trucks band. So I love that I can be in different places, you yeah. know. You're like the guy that they people call when they're like we need a dude we need a dude let's call let's let's call tash we need a guy yeah. <laughs> um but but that's interesting though because like you know it's similar in a lot of different i mean for george as a comedian myself as a writer um i think you know especially moving to new york in my early 20s le- learning from people around me that like you kind of just like piece it together you know like you don't when you're an artist, like you just try to get your hands in as many pots as possible. Right. Like, right. Like, like it's good to diversify. I think that's, I mean, I think that's for any artist to your point, it doesn't matter what field I mean, but it's also in New York. You, I mean, you gotta be a freelancer, just the nature of being, you know, the beast, but it's also leads to a, a very full diverse, fulfilling life because you have different, you know, circles of friends and you know, so many different slices of life. So, you know, it makes your, the fabric of your life um, that much thicker and richer, you know, not to get poetic, but oh, it's yeah. too late. By all means. <laughs> or, yeah. But yeah. So 2022, you got your, if you're going to hit the road, you're hanging out with, with Slash. <laughs> I saw some of the dates. Let me know when you're on your way to Nashville. I'll, I'll tell you some restaurants to go check out. Some, uh, yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. Can't wait, man. Yeah, please let me know. Give me some recommendations. Absolutely. For sure. So uh, are you super stoked about Because I guess it's like we're just starting to get live shows now. Are you super stoked about hitting the road? 
Yeah, I mean, um, absolutely. Um, first of all, for your first thing, you know, for your you know first opening slot to be with Slash is like great, mm-hmm. you know. Especially for me, you know, this is my first album just on my own with my name, and for you know a cat that didn't believe this album would ever come out to having you know a leg of dates to open for someone you look up to is quite an honor you know and, and really um fulfilling so it's really really beyond, i'm beyond stoked and beyond psyched i'm like so thankful and like excited about it um and to see the show from night to night and really learn because you always are learning mm-hmm. um but also like slash is just a nice he's just another nice and great dude just as a person um because i've had the fortune um, i've been fortunate enough to play with him in the past um, on stage, we you know gotten to play together, and that just learning in that brief you know situation was you learned so much, right? And getting to hang backstage, obviously, but you learn you know just the playing and feeling that because he's a real player. You know, we were speaking about real rock and roll cats. It's he's not just it, the guitar isn't a prop for him, mm-hmm. you know, and that is, I mean, that I mean that is the understatement of understatements. First of all, the guitar is not a prop for slap. I mean, that's silly. But we all know this. But you know what I'm saying? You guys know what I mean. Um, So it's going to be, yeah, really exciting and really a a massive um, gift of an education. You know, it's just like, whoa, you know. Yes. Talking about guitar guitar gods, you know, can't say those words without saying slash. I mean, he strikes Mm -hmm. me that what you said makes sense. He strikes me as a guy who like. He'll still he still plays guitar like before he goes to bed <laughs> or like first thing in the morning. Oh, you know what I mean? He's playing, man. He's really yeah. I mean, he's backstage, he's got a guitar in his hand. Yeah. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Right on. Like, awesome. Awesome. I've also heard I've also heard from other people that he's just like a really, really nice guy. He is. He's really nice and supportive yeah. and kind and not he doesn't have that like some people like some people have like this weird thing where you can't really like talk to you know what i mean like they'll talk to you but you can't they've got this weird kind of veneer or something especially when it's somebody who's so like been so in the public eye and so known yeah like it's easy for people to like you know not not be open you know to interactions and yeah and and which you know of course can be understandable you know i i would never um, claim to know anything like that kind of experience because um, I couldn't imagine. Uh, but at the same time, it is really reassuring when somebody, you know, is, you know, super well-known and totally. um, beloved around the world, but is like, just a dude. You know? Yeah, yeah <laughs> like, you love to hear that. Yeah, we, like we love like a dude you can that. talk to, you know, just like a guy, you know, just a father and, you know, it's out here. You know? Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Well, we're we're stoked for for you going on the road again. We'll, I'll let you know about some places in Nashville. But Tash, as our distinguished guest, we brought you on the Know Your Rose podcast for a reason, and uh, yes. we're we're playing our game. And for your game, we're doing guitar solos and amusement park rides. Uh, we each do five. Yeah. I go first. Dave goes second, and you, as our distinguished guest, will go last. And so my first, my first song is an odd choice. The first guitar solo is a very odd choice because the song is actually known more for the sax part. 
But if you listen to it, the guitar Ooh. solo at the end of it is pretty fucking rad. And I'm talking about Jay Rafferty's Baker Street, which is an incredible guitar solo song if you don't pay attention to the sax part. Uh, it is wildly, wildly entertaining. So for me, Baker Street is the Ferris wheel of amusement park rides, which is also wildly entertaining. Dave. Uh, I like that. It's funny. I'm going to have to go and listen to Baker Street because all I can hear is the sat. Like, that's the only thing I can yeah. bring up in my mind is the sax part. Um, the, 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 the last like minute and a the, half is just, just I believe you. out of control. <laughs> awesome. Um, all right. My first one is probably the first, like, I played guitar for like a, like a, like six months probably when I was like 14. But like the first guy that I heard that I was like, oh my God, like this is something different was Hendrix. Hendrix was oh, like yeah. my guy, you know, I, I have, are you experienced on vinyl? Thanks to my parents when I was like 13. Um, and I just wore that fucking thing out. And the song that I chose, the solo is not like the biggest, most flashy or like exciting solo, but it's from Red House which is like super bluesy. And like, I think it's a, it's like a slow burn, but like, if you go and listen, yeah, it's so good. And if you listen to that, like, again, like Hendrix, he's foundational, you know, and like blues, it also wasn't like, it wasn't, he didn't create blues. And that sound was like, not a new sound, but then he was doing something different and he was bringing his like crazy chops on the guitar to it. Um, Mm. And and that's why, as a amusement park ride, it's the cyclone, the cyclone. Not not uh, the most exciting thing ever, but yo, the cyclone is fun, and it's right here the, the, from from Coney Island. Yeah, the Coney yeah. Island cyclone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh, and uh, just so you know, feel free to use uh, whichever. Like, if there's overlap, it's totally fine because George already. Oh. Said- Oh, I've, I've got a few. I've got a few. <laughs> All right, I've got a few here. Um, sh- okay, oh, I've got a few to pick one. All right, I'll start with. Um, since I'll start with something you guys haven't touched on, let's go back to Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin, and Communication Breakdown. His solo there, iconic guitar solo, truly, and. You know, the song kind of is punk rock and it starts off like, bum, bum, you know. It's an explosive. So with that being said, I thought Tower of Terror was the ride that matched it because your stomach sinks. It's just you're being punched in the gut. Awesome. Great answer. Great answer. You know? Yeah. All right, so for my next one, all the all of mine are very very classic rock, with such as my last one, which is which I'm super excited to talk about. Uh, my next one, uh, I've heard this song probably I don't know maybe a, a thousand times. I'm from Virginia. I'm with a school in Tennessee, and for me, no guitar solo list is is complete without Freebird by Leonard Skinner, considering how fucking long it is. I'm not a big amusement park guy, but I do enjoy this the guitar solo in Freebird, and it's like I said, it's not complete. No no list is complete without it. Just like a roller coaster is like as not it's like doesn't complete it completes a, an amusement park. So Freebird is the roller coaster of guitar solos. Dave. All right. 
So my next one is I had to like really kind of look for this one because I was trying to get the one that I just like can't fuck with. And like as a guitar solo, it had to be something like aggressive, but like not like soulless. And uh, I was looking at lists (laughs) and I found one and it's Wango Tango from Ted Nugent. Uh, I don't care if I offend anyone like that song is trash and he's trash as a human being. Um, uh, and like, I don't even, there's no appeal to it even as like a novelty for me, which is why for me, it's the giant drop because like, I don't fuck with those rides. Like I'm, I'm cool with roller coasters, but I have no interest in like being at the top of something and literally just dropping straight down. Like I don't need to simulate that. I'm good with it. I don't like that. I don't want that pit in my stomach to go, you know, up to my throat. So, uh, yeah, Wango Tango is the giant drop. It's very good. <laughs> it's very good. Yeah, Ted Nugent. No, Ted, no, Teddy. no bueno. Teddy Nugenta. Um, I mean, people. a lot of people like him. I think people still like him. <laughs> That's what your next one. Um, okay. I mentioned, and I don't want to be too classic Rocky here, but one of my favorite solos of all time is um, Pink Floyd's Time. The song is Time. Um, David Gilmore is the guitar player. And it's just, you know, it's such a vibe, but it's not like, you know, it's not like a roller coaster where, you know, you feel sick. It's just a melodic. It's like, you're, on, you're, you're definitely moving. You know, you're definitely on a mechanical device and it's cool. And you might be with your people. It might be with your, your significant other. It might feel great. So I compare this to the Hershey train at Hershey Park. You know, it's, a smooth, it's a smooth ride. You know what I mean? It's nice. fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? You might get a little bumpy, but you know, you'll feel like, yeah, that's cool. But it's yeah. not too much, but it's nice, you know? Awesome. All right. So... This one is kind of like a no-brainer to have on this list. And uh, I, I felt hacky to have it, but I was like, I got to have it on there. I once read an article with the uh, with the, uh, the lead singer. He says, like, I don't play this often because it's difficult to sing and play this song. And, of course, the song I'm talking about was immortalized in the movie postered as above Dave's left shoulder. But that's just the piano part. It's like I'm talking about Layla by Derek and the Dominoes. And Dwayne wow. Allman's uh, guitar playing in the beginning of that is just fucking nuts. It's wow. incredible. <laughs> anyway, so uh, the pace of it is frenetic. I like the way that it's just like, it's, the, it's one of the few songs that has ever been recorded in which like the moment that you hear that first drop, you know exactly what it is. So for me, as far as amusement park rides, because of the pace, and I enjoy it every time I do this or every time I listen to it, I'm going to call it the bumper cars of amusement park rides. Because it's just it's just a dope song. And bumper cars are fun. Wow. Bumper cars are fun. Um, all right. My next one is another one of the people that I just like took to at a young age, kind of like after Hendrix and um different kind of side of the spectrum. And that's John Frashanti. And I could have chosen like Ooh. and like I liked the chili peppers as a kid, but like only later did I kind of realize, like, I actually really like John Frusciante. <laughs> Um And, like, he, I could have picked so many different ones, uh, honestly. But I picked a song that, I don't love the song, but, like, 
anytime he touches his guitar, it's incredible. And like, he can make songs that aren't that good sound good. And this song doesn't age well. The lyrics are not very good, but it's a song off Blood Sugar Sex Magic called Sir Psycho Sexy. And the song is like nine minutes long. And it's, like I said, pretty rough lyrically, but for like 45 seconds to a minute of John Frusciante solo <laughs> is like bliss. It's incredible. And it also like, it doesn't have the tenor of the song at all. Like it's like the song is really like, uh, like gaudy and like upbeat, but then the solo is like super haunting. It It's so good, <laughs> um, which is why as an amusement park ride, it's whatever the newest, hottest, fastest ride is that you have to wait like three hours in the line for. And you're like, is this worth it? Why am I here? And then for like the 45 seconds that you're on the ride, you're like, holy shit, this is fucking awesome. So yeah, I think uh, at the one near, the one closest to where we are, the Six Flags, it's like uh, King Ka or something. It's like the fast, you know, it's like melt your face off ride or whatever. <laughs> All right. Beautiful. Very good. Um, okay. I've got, uh, well, you brought up Hendrix before, so I will say this, but this is not um, what people think of as, I'm not talking about like the intro. This is All Along the Watchtower, which is a Bob Dylan original song, but Hendrix covered it. And um, which the intro is great. That's cool. But in his actual guitar solo in the middle of the song, he does this thing where it's like just the rhythm of his right hand. And he's, um, it's like a wah-wah kind of solo. And he's just doing this. And it's like the funkiest thing. Truly, like 20 years later, since I've heard it. I think it's the funniest thing I've ever heard. It's not even notes. It's just him, his right hand, just muted. It's like the coolest thing. It's wah, funk. It's the coolest thing in the world. And that is like Splash Mountain. Because listen, you're going to be soaked um, in sweat. It's so it's so fire. Okay? Nice. Awesome. It's about it. Awesome. Yeah, the Hendrix, like some of those songs, like the whole song is a solo. <laughs> You know, because he's just doing right. like weird things and like, yeah, it's awesome. George. Yeah, it's awesome. All right. So yeah. for my fourth one in my apartment, I've got pictures of lots of people who I love, whether it's movie posters and concert posters and pictures of Aretha, Gladys Knight, Nas, and this artist who is Van Halen. I love me some Van Halen. So the song that I have for that and the guitar solo I have for that is You Really Got Me, the cover the kinks there's a there's a there's the beginning of it is just kind of mm. nuts which reminds me of a ride that i actually don't like but is also nuts as a ride and that's the crazy slingshot there's like that one where you sit in the thing and go straight up in the air so like uh i, I yeah. on this podcast i always talk about things that i love and i love that song <laughs> but that's what it reminds me of that crazy slingshot because it propels you right into that song so van halen you really got me the crazy slingshot of amusement park rides yeah, I don't want that that slingshot, Fantastic. but I like I don't I don't fuck with that. I like watching people get in it, but I <laughs> um awesome. Uh all right. My next one is like kind of the nostalgia one. Uh somebody you mentioned, you actually mentioned their his solos, uh, but it's it's mostly because it's like it's a thing with my dad, you know. It's like my dad would call me in and be like, Oh, right, you gotta hear this. And that's Neil Young. And 
solo Ooh. specifically is like a hurricane and like like a hurricane is like it, the solo is so long and it's incredible and it's like one of those solos where like his guitar is almost mimicking his voice in a way and it's just really incredible and my dad you know he like i said like he's kind of the like neil young and dylan and like that's where i get that stuff from and um he's not really an amusement park guy but something that we would do and i could do forever which is like batting cages we would go to the batting cages all the time and i could just like swing the bat forever just like i could listen to that like a hurricane's solo forever i it's also like it's really it's like another song where it's like a seven minute long song and most of it's solo <laughs> so yeah these are legendary choices right here um <laughs> Uh, we have a lot of time on our hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, okay, well, this is kind of a curveball because it's not like officially on a record or anything like this, but Prince showed up to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame one time and they're doing While My Guitar Gently Weeps and this dude, throw, at the end of playing, truly one of the greatest guitar solos ever played, just like, on, like no one could ever play after him after that solo. He throws his guitar into the air where it disappears <laughs> in the middle of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> and then he walks off of stage because he's Prince. I think that is the coolest, like nobody else could ever, but I call it that, cause that's like, I got Batman ride was the placement holder I had. Cause it's like just the big, it's just nobody's competing with anything after this ride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's something new. It's probably guardians of the galaxy, but I'm, 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 I'm out of the loop guys. Yeah. It's been a long time. <laughs> totally. <laughs> awesome. It's been a long time. Yeah. Well, you're like standing, uh, still too, right? <laughs> you're freestanding. Yeah. I'm not even. Yeah. I'm not. That solo, that Prince solo, like, and he's also like, that he's on stage with like ridiculous like uh it's like uh who is it? it's neil young and jeff lynn and like it's like a whole cavalcade of like amazing people and he just destroys tom them. petty it's, tom, uh, petty, tom petty's there. kid yeah yeah, yeah. Danny, uh, harrison. danny harrison yeah and he just destroys yeah. every prince destroys everyone yeah it's incredible and then walks off this <laughs> yeah. yeah i love that i love it all right george yeah, I find myself watching that whenever I'm depressed. So I've seen that <laughs> clip many, many times. Um, uh, all right. It's time to stick the landing, guys. Uh, my number five is an odd choice because the amusement park ride that I'm going to choose for is actually more about the artist than I am about the guitar solo. But the guitar solo is pretty, pretty wild. So in 1972, this artist put out a record called You're the Man. For some reason, it just never came out. It is like it came out in 2019. Unfortunately, we lost this artist in the early 80s, and I'm talking about Marvin Gaye. There's a song on You're the Man called Piece of Clay. On the first 45 seconds of it, it's this organ and guitar solo. It sounds like maggot brain, and then Marvin comes on. It is a tremendous, tremendous tune. Now, when I think of amusement park rides with a high approval rating like Marvin Gaye does, I'm thinking about the one and only the Mad Tea Party ride at Disneyland and Disney World, which has been a ride since 1955. So... Check out Piece of Clay by Marvin Gaye. That guitar solo in the beginning of it is out of this world, which is why it is the mad tea party of amusement park rides. Dave. Awesome. 
Uh, George, I love you. And there's going to be some symbiosis going on here because you just mentioned not what you used, but you mentioned the song I'm going to use, which is Maggot Brain um, by Funkadelic, of course. Mm. And the first, you know, five minutes of the song is the solo from Eddie Hazel. And it's like the what I wrote was enjoy the ride <laughs> because it's like a slow burn and it's like you feel every note and man is it good and and like i said once you're there once you're like up there you're like oh man which is why it's a ferris it's the ferris wheel specifically the one in chicago at navy pier which takes fucking forever to get up to the top but once you're up at the top it's an incredible view and it's beautiful so uh yeah Maggot brain is uh Ferris wheel. It's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, maggot brain should be like a national anthem of some sorts in some way. It's incredible. Um, yeah. It's incredible. I it's yeah. That's so low. It's deep. Yeah. It's deep. Um, okay. This is for my fifth choice. Um, I got to go to the cat and I don't, you know, it comes up sometimes, but I, don't, I feel like people aren't like they say they're fans, but they really need to be fans, fans of my man, Mr. James Marshall Hendricks, uh, Jimmy, he's known as to most people. Um, but, um, and to George's earlier point, this is more about the artists and um, this amusement park as a whole. And I'm shouting out Rye Playland has a very special place in my heart. You know, not all the rides are necessarily, you know, you might you might get hurt a little bit, you know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily, you know, together, but it's yeah. together enough. And um, so I want to go to the solo of Purple Haze for that because it's just cool and it's what you need and to get you in and out. You might get bumped, you might get a bruise, but you'll be all right. <laughs> and it's fun. It's a little bit of a great danger. Time. A little bit of danger. A little bit of danger, yeah. but it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I, uh, I think we did it. Gonna, I think we did. I'm going to have to go listen to all these solos now. I'm like, I'm hearing them all in my head. <laughs> so inspired right now. Yeah. I, I implore the both of y'all to listen to Piece of Clay by Marvin Gaye. It is unbelievable. Oh, I will. And it sounds wait. like 1972. You had me at Maggot Brain. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I was like, unreleased Marvin? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it came out in 2019. It's wild. Can't wait. Well, Tash, aside from November 18th, um, City Winery doing the Trolley Watch tribute um, uh, for our listeners, where what else can we get into? It was like your website, your, your album. It was like, we're going to have that all posted, but say it out there for us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, please, everybody check out the album, Charger to the Game. Um, download that if you can. Um, stream it if you can. Do what you can. Um, come see me at City Winery where. Um, honoring Charlie Watts from the Rolling Stones doing a bunch of music with a bunch of amazing artists um, on that lineup as well. Um, get tickets if you're out, um, you know, in the America, the North America for the Slash Tour in March. Um, you know, if you're down, definitely do that. Um, and keep, you know, keep uh, your eyes peeled. Check out my Instagram um, at Tash underscore Neil. I usually post things. Mm -hmm. Things always come up. You know, if someone calls me to come here, do this and i'll be like great and so i'll post about it and it'll, it'll be fun so uh so yes and thank you guys for having me this has been like Absolutely. such a blast i love nothing more than talking about guitar solos and stuff like this so yes 
Thank you so much for coming on. It was, I'm sure I speak for George and Mary Bess and saying it was a blast, man. It was super awesome. Thank you guys. It was great to meet you, Tash. Uh, Again, yeah, we appreciate your time so much. Yeah, this is an absolute joy. Thank you. Later, bud. See you guys later. All right. Thank you so much to Tash Neal. That was fucking awesome. Catch him at City Winery on November 18th doing the Charlie Watts tribute. And definitely listen to his album, Charges to the Game, wherever you get your music. Stream it, download it, and look out for his tour with Slash in 2022. That was really cool, man. He like he's one of those dudes that like you just like he enters the he when he when you see him, you're like, yeah, yeah, that dude's cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's like yeah, yeah, no. He's sitting in a room by himself with like, it's either him, it's him, like Frank Sinatra and like Elvis or something like that, just just, just chilling. It's like those guys are cool. And he yeah. looks like he belongs there. Yeah, he, yeah. It's like, oh yeah, that dude, mm-hmm. that dude's supposed to be there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, I think the sentence "I'm going on tour with Slash" is one of my favorite sentences ever spoken. I'm going on tour with Slash. <laughs> like, oh no shit! Wow. Yeah, you you, know, you can't really like say anything uh, to that. It's like, no, cool. Well, I'm rad. doing a show at, I'm doing a show down the block in Brooklyn next week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be at, I'm gonna be, <laughs> I'm gonna be at this VFW <laughs> hall next week. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna perform in this bowling alley. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> next week in Bumblefuck, Idaho. Yeah. Listeners, we'd love to hear from you guys. So send your comparisons, guitar solos, and theme park rides to our Instagram and Twitter at KYRPod, and we'll read them on the next episode. All right. Now we're going to go ahead and move into Last Call, where we talk about the things we're looking forward to and uh, what we got coming up. George, what do you got for us? Um, uh, this is a this is an interesting weekend for me. I'm seeing one, another band that I love on Saturday, Luna at Brooklyn Made. And on Monday, guys... Uh, this isn't a music like thing we're, we're talking about. This isn't a film thing. This isn't a TV show thing. Monday, the bowling playoffs start. So I'm going to be gearing up for bowling playoffs. Do not talk to me for the next week and a half because the playoffs are going to be starting. And my team, we didn't win it last season. We won it two seasons ago. And I feel like where's the team to be out there? So shout out to Gutter Perfection. The bowling league's playoffs is the starts this Monday, so I'm super excited about that. Dave, what about you? Awesome. Uh, on behalf of everyone, good luck and Godspeed. And we're expecting a fucking repeat yeah, championship, absolutely. or don't <laughs> don't come home. <laughs> yeah, I'm, gonna get, I'm gonna get a practice, couple practices in this weekend. No pressure, no problem. Uh, I just have like a couple of things. Nothing like really for people to look out for. Just like things that I'm actually looking forward to. Which is one is. I'm, we're going to uh, visit my family for uh, the holiday, uh, which is Thanksgiving, which we don't really like participate in. And shout out to my mom um, because she is like, hey, I don't like turkey. It's not good. And like, I don't feel the need to do what everybody says I should do. Uh, so, yeah, she's making lamb, which is way better than turkey. And that's not a debate. It's just a fact. Totally. Uh, I even, I kind of like turkey like sometimes, but like, I mean, if it's lamb or turkey, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I'm going, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing my fucking family for the first time in like two years. So uh, not looking forward to the, to the journey really (laughs) to going to the airport, but Hey, I'm sure it would be fine. 
the only thing, other thing I'm looking forward to is five to 11 year olds can get vaccinated now. So if you're listening to this and you have kids, go get them vaccinated. Um, honestly, I've talked to like people I know with kids that are eligible, like kids are actually really excited. Like a lot of kids are really excited to get, to get it. Um, so yeah, those are the things I'm looking for a safer fucking country and seeing my family. So woo. <laughs> woo. Yeah, so if you listen to Know Your Roles and you're five to 11 years old, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's for the parents. Go get vaccinated, yeah. baby. For the parents. Go fucking force your kid to get that shot. Just like you do all the other shots, measles and all the other shit that we have to do. Okay. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and, and move on. We're going to check in with our favorite regular producer, Mary Bess, for Eddie's Booth. Thank you very much. Always appreciate you guys coming to check on the regulars, you know, catch up, you know, see what's going on. It's a nice thing. Makes makes a girl feel special. So considering this is our last episode before the Thanksgiving holidays, I wanted to encourage our listeners to get involved with a really wonderful organization based in New York called the Bowery Residence Committee or BRC. This is an incredible organization that has multiple locations around the five boroughs and has been working for years, helping rehabilitate, house, and offer job training to homeless New Yorkers so that they can get back on their feet. Uh, BRC has many opportunities to volunteer your time leading up to Thanksgiving and year-round. So if this is an effort anyone listening feels compelled to be a part of, I encourage you to visit brc.org to find out more. And in addition to volunteering time and making sure that those less fortunate, disadvantaged, or dispossessed have what they need at this often difficult time of year, I would also encourage our listeners to give whatever you're able to a charity that focuses on the Indigenous community. As we all know, Thanksgiving is a colonialist holiday that carries with it numerous grievances and horrific acts against Native Americans. It can be wonderful to get together with friends and eat a good meal and give thanks, but we must not forget the suffering of indigenous peoples and the horrific reality of Thanksgiving that has been whitewashed for so long and the struggles that these communities continue to face today. If you're able, please consider donating to an organization like the Native American Rights Fund, the Native Wellness Institute, or the Warrior Women Project, among others. Look for a link to these and other organizations in today's episode notes. Thank you, Mary Bess. Thank you very much, Mary Bess. Always good to check check in. You're welcome, fellas. Where's my drink? <laughs> We're working on it. Um, <laughs> I've got a Yelp app pulled up. I'm ready. George, George <laughs> gave that face of like, oh, I did. I know what I'm dealing with now. Like, oh, like, oh, this is a. I know that face very well. Um, guys, being a. Okay, you know, you know, I'm gonna tip well and bring my mom when she's in town. You know, it'll be, it'll be good. Yeah, yeah. So we're taking a couple of weeks off for the holiday, but George, tell us about when our next show is and what we got going on. Absolutely, know your rollers. I feel like that should be our nickname for our audience. Just like know your rollers. Tune in for more games and bar topics on our next episode, which is December third. Sweet, looking out for that. 
All right, we're going to go ahead and close out this show. I want to say thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you to George. Thank you to producer Mary Bess. Thank you to our designer, Amanda Zeller. And thank you to Adam Tech Kid, Nate88, and Kazo Oslo for our theme. And please rate, review, and subscribe to Know Your Roles wherever you get your podcasts. And everybody, be safe. And as always, fuck Christopher Columbus. <laughs> Uh, and I'm just gonna say one quick thing is like we're gonna a lot of folks gonna be traveling for the holidays travel safely and uh, don't let your family bring you down with their bullshit they're just they're, 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 they're good people it's all good <laughs> it's only a couple days you can it's only a couple of days you'll be fine yeah. <laughs>